I know you're gonna dig this. Watch this. A lot of parents aren't making disciples of their children because they first have not become disciples. Discipling children involves intentional, everyday interaction. We're talking about changing the family's mindset, changing the family's culture, changing the family's generational dysfunctions. Family ministry is teaching parents and caregivers how to disciple their children every day. Hello, and welcome back to the Family Ministry Podcast, where we will discuss various topics ranging from marriage, parenting, and faith. I am your host, Joshua Dubois, and on today's episode, we will be discussing the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I know that sounds really, really strange, but let me give you some context. The four horsemen of the apocalypse represent apocalyptic imagery found in the book of Revelations meant to symbolically describe four devastating occurrences which will take place before the second coming of Jesus Christ. However, psychologist Dr. John Gottman coined the term as a way to identify four disastrous communication patterns among friends, couples, and families. I know communication is a huge topic to discuss, but it's important. Communication is the substance of any and every relationship. Communication is important because it determines the level of closeness and meaningful interaction among couples. However, problems often arise when communication is indirect, dishonest, harsh, and abusive. Communication takes on many forms ranging from one's tone and rate of speech, the gestures that we display, facial expressions, the closeness or physical proximity towards the speaker and the receiver, and the expressions of emotions. The reality is we're always communicating, even if we aren't saying any words. It's been said that communication in a relationship is like oxygen to life. Without it, it dies. Therefore, thoughtless communication can result in broken trust, a lost sense of safety, a breach of marriage vows, and emotional withdrawal. In other words, when communication is disastrous and destructive, it can kill a relationship. It's been observed that communication and conflict patterns in one's family of origin are often duplicated or repeated when attempting to establish a new family. What I mean is the way that we've communicated in the family that we grew up in is often the way that we communicate in our new family. Many of these behaviors and habits are learned patterns of interaction, and most of them happen subconsciously. Okay, so now let's look at the four horsemen of the apocalypse. According to Dr. Gottman, the four most dangerous causes of a communication failure and breakdown are number one, criticism, number two, defensiveness, number three, contempt, and number four, stonewalling. These are known as the four horsemen of the apocalypse which essentially are negative ways of communicating. And if any of these horsemen are present in a relationship, little or no progress can be made. So couples must learn to handle conflict reasonably and constructively if they desire to be well-functioning. So let's look at these four horsemen in a little bit more detail. The first horseman is criticism. 
Criticism is attacking your partner's personality and character. It's labeling them instead of focusing on their unwanted behavior. The one using criticism is simply saying that their partner is defective or something is just wrong with them. Criticism may include blaming, name-calling, using insults, and just character assassination. However, Gottman suggests that the remedy for criticism consists of five behaviors. Number one, state how you feel. For example, I feel frustrated. Number two, objectively describe the event or behavior that has triggered these feelings. For example, I feel frustrated that you did not take out the trash. And number three, letting your partner know what you would like for him or her to do moving forward, alongside with stating any other needs surrounding this current conflict. So it sounds like this. I feel frustrated that you did not take out the trash. I would like for you to, or I would need you to take out the trash every night before going to bed. So in addition to those three steps, step number four is be polite using phrases such as please and thank you. And number five, supply plenty of appreciation by choosing to focus and notice on what your partner is doing right. We so often scan our partner's behavior looking for things that they're doing wrong. But Gottman suggests focus on the things that they're doing correct and praise them and thank them for it. One scripture readily comes to mind on how to prevent an argument from escalating due to criticism. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1 says a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word or a critical word stirs up anger. Therefore, our tone of voice, our attitude, along with the words that we choose can either calm a conflict or make it worse. Next, let's discuss defensiveness. Now, defensiveness is almost always a response to criticism. So if you find yourself being defensive, it may be because the person that you're talking to has become critical. All right. Defensiveness is an attempt to protect yourself from a perceived attack. Defensiveness usually escalates a conflict because the defensive person will likely blame the other person for their behavior instead of taking responsibility for it. Defensiveness usually sounds like counterattacking, such as saying things like, yes, I wouldn't have did this if you would not have, and you can fill in the blank, or I only did this because, or yes, I did this, but do you remember when you did, and you can fill in the blank. So defensiveness is minimized when the defensive partner chooses to take some responsibility for his or her part in the conflict or disagreement, not trying to put the blame back on the other person. Gottman states taking responsibility actually reduces tension and prevents conflict from escalating by helping your partner or other family member feel listened to and understood. In short, taking responsibility for your role in conflict actually promotes peace. And we know that Paul says in Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with one another. So taking responsibility for your role in the conflict, in the argument, in the disagreement actually helps there to be more peace in the home. Now, let's look at horseman number three, contempt. Contempt is when one person takes a position of superiority, perfection or supremacy. A contemptuous person thinks others to be beneath them. Moreover, this type of attitude looks for mistakes, failures, and idiosyncrasies with the motive of making the other person feel small 
and less than. Contempt comes in the form of sarcasm, name-calling, mockery, hostile humor, and insults. I'm reminded of Proverbs 17:22. It says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. So receiving contempt can crush a person's spirit. It crushes their self-esteem, and it can be a catalyst or facilitator of depression. It mentally and emotionally wounds the listener, creating invisible injuries, and it consumes them from the inside out. Ultimately, contempt stems from really a heart of wickedness, is what the proverb writer says in Proverbs 18.3. It says, when wickedness comes, so does contempt, and with shame comes reproach. Contempt can be avoided, Gottman says, by verbally describing your feelings using I feel statements. Also, by expressing unmet needs and wants and showing appreciation and fondness by choosing to focus again on what your partner is doing right. Therefore, to avoid a contemptuous heart, we need to find ways to appreciate our partner, to appreciate the members of our family and focus on the things that they do well, things that bring you genuine joy and fondness. Lastly, horseman number four, stonewalling. Stonewalling happens when one person becomes so emotionally overwhelmed, they mentally and emotionally check out while remaining physically present during conflict. The one who stonewalls refuses to add anything of real value to the conversation. They believe that anything they say will only make things worse. So they just shut down. Therefore, they remain physically present out of respect, but they are no longer listening. They are no longer considering what the other person has to say, nor are they adding any real input to the dialogue. Essentially, they are mentally checked out and they have withdrawn themselves from the interaction. Stonewalling may look like avoiding eye contact, crossing arms, withholding communication, and just turning your back on the speaker. Furthermore, stonewalling is also accompanied by an increase in heart rate due to the release of stress hormones such as cortisol and adrenaline. When this emotional flooding occurs, it is paramount that the person that is stonewalling take a 20 to 30 minute break or a timeout from the discussion. And on this timeout, they need to do something that is truly relaxing and calming, such as going for a walk, going for a jog, reading a book, watching a television show, praying, talking with a friend, drawing or listening to their favorite song. Then after they've calmed themselves down, they are responsible for re-initiating the conversation in which they did not come to a resolution or a conclusion. So the person who takes the time out has to be the person that re-engages the conversation. And this may need to happen several times because some topics are not able to be fully discussed within, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes. It may take a conversation that spans the period of two or three days, especially if you're prone to being emotionally overwhelmed and stonewalling and becoming so flooded that you can no longer dialogue and think creatively in a conversation. So you may have to come to a conversation or to a topic several times before you reach any real conclusion or resolution. So let me remind you, conflict is unavoidable and it's a regular part of life. It's not a sign of failure and it can lead to change and growth and increase the awareness of problems and communication styles. Moreover, conflict strengthens relationship as long as it is handled correctly and effectively. 
Conflict can also relieve pent-up stress and expose values and morals and beliefs. And remember that minor conflict, if adequately addressed, can actually decrease the frequency and intensities of major disputes. So Gottman states this, fighting when it airs grievances and complaints can be one of the healthiest things a couple can do for their relationship. So I want to encourage you today, avoid criticism, avoid defensiveness, avoid contempt and stonewalling, and resolve to communicate with respect, consideration, love, and honesty. As you move forward with these new communication styles, I want you to give yourself some grace because you're not going to consider these four horsemen perfectly. There are going to be times where you make mistakes. So be gracious to yourself and be gracious towards your partner. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for your time and thank you for your attention. I hope what was said was encouraging, edifying, and enlightening. Have a blessed day.